0: All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another solo episode with just me, myself, and I. Well, and of course, my foil. Me, myself, and foil. <laughs> me, myself, and I, and the foil, Shawnee. Uh, today, we're going to talk about curiosity. I think that this is a really good one to discuss. I actually posted something on Instagram uh, earlier Uh, this week about curiosity, because I believe curiosity is kind of like the first cousin, maybe even like sibling of boldness. Uh, Because to me, curiosity is literally the pathway of uh, opportunities and communication and connection. And you know, I always think that if you are somebody who can really harness that, you can really, I think, I think hard, if you don't have, if you're not naturally curious, it would be a good idea to cultivate it mm. uh, because of how it does open up your world so much bigger than where you are. And all, most of my best opportunities came from, just being curious and asking a ton of questions and putting my place, putting myself in places where I don't belong. And just like, you know, wide eyed and not having any information and just figuring it out by asking and asking. And also when I'm interested in something going down these like rabbit holes. And so that's why today I really want to explore the importance of that. What do you think, Shawnee?
1: I love that. How can you cultivate curiosity if you're
0: not naturally curious? I think this is how I think you do it. I think you just do it, like every I, like I. Th- this is the thing about all, everything I talk about, everything that I kind of preach, so to speak. Is there's no secret message or magic bullet to any of this? It's super basic, and that is just basically just doing it, just acting on it, just be becoming it. There's no real, like there's no real blueprint to it. And you do it by doing these small little things. If you're someone who's actually not that curious, you can become more curious or at least act as if by just asking people questions about themselves. Mm. Who doesn't like to talk about themselves? Who doesn't want to feel valued or important or or special? And that's and the way you do that is by asking them about themselves. And if you're someone who typically doesn't do that because you don't want to pry or you don't want to make someone uncomfortable or you feel awkward, start by just asking like very basic things about them. That's very that's not too provocative or or puts people in an uncomfortable situation you can work yourself up to that eventually <laughs> like I do but you know you can start by just asking them just basics you know what I do and I actually when I'm in an elevator and it's just me and someone else I always just make a commentary so what I will what I would do would be like wow this is like too close this is very close for comfort isn't it like kind of make a joke or like start with humor or not to say that everyone has to be like hilarious and funny and you don't have to cultivate that necessarily, but like just saying some like off-handed, easy quip is a great way to kind of like start honing in and harnessing that curiosity muscle. Again, I really believe, and I talk a lot about this in, uh, my book, bigger, better, bolder, about the the real the real connection between being bold and being curious. It's easier to become bold if you are curious and if you are working on being bold, a really good way of working on that is to act curious by asking people questions about themselves or by breaking the ice, by like doing these like little things like I said, going to the, when you're in the elevator just saying something like kind of quippy or like, yeah, it's kind of, you know, whatever it is, or it's dark in here, or like, how's your day going? Or why, what what brings you to this place? Like whenever I'm traveling and I'm in a hotel uh, elevator, I'll always be like, oh, you know, you, you know, like how long are you in town for? Or like, you know, where are you from? And like, you would, you won't believe how many things, how many times that's turned into like a long conversation the next time I like bump into them in the lobby Mm -hmm. or the next time I bump into them like down the road in that stay. And I've actually became very friendly or friends with people based on that. Like not maybe BFFs, but like I've kept in contact with a few people because If you, and this is the thing, like you never know where your next opportunity or um, connect, like true connection comes from. Like everything and everybody is a conduit to something else. And that's not being manipulative, it's just being realistic and being um, strategic. There's a difference.
1: Yeah, it's it's also just being like a it's just being a person who wants to have interpersonal relations with people and totally being curious about. I like what you said about just having like basic questions that you can build up to that you just use because there's a lot of introverts out there who are not adept. They don't really want to make conversation in elevator. They don't they know don't. even how to. But it's
0: all a practice game to get the reps in. It's it's all it's all a practice game to get the reps in. And also a lot of times when someone is an introvert, two things: either they appreciate someone trying to pull themselves out of their shell. Right. Yeah. Or they're like humored by it. Right. Because it's so like out of, out of the norm. Cause most people, a lot, a lot of times people like want to stay very, very much in their confines and they don't want to be like, they want their own personal space and they don't want to like you know, go outside of that. So everyone like, I'm just using the elevator for an example. They stay within that little space and they just like, don't even make eye contact. They look down or they like look wherever where they don't, they feel like it's not intrusive. What happens if you just do the opposite of that one time and see what happens by looking someone in the eye in that very small space and being like, so where are you from? Like, you know, are you here for personal reasons or professional reasons? Mm. I mean, maybe if you're a guy, it wouldn't get, that would be a little harder to like pull off, but you can be like, Hey, like, you know, did you catch the game last night or, you know, something a little more benign, but I'm I, be creative with what you say, but I'm telling you, and I, in my book, I give this really funny example of my, how my curiosity Led to an entire dif- different job, uh, or actually a whole different career path, which then took me on an entire different trajectory than what I, where I would like never ever expected myself to be but you have to read the book Aww. and uh, you got to read the book to know what it is what a cliffhanger yeah what a cliffhanger but the point is that what i'm trying to what i'm trying to like really really hone in here and what i'm really trying to like hammer in is that it is so important to be curi- curious and you don't have to become a 10 out of 10 in in curiosity but if you're a 2 out of 10 bump it up to five out of 10.
1: You know, what's also interesting is, you know, you can be curious about people, but if you're struggling with that initially, you could also just be curious about things. Like I find it so crazy when I'm sitting with someone in a conversation and we're trying to think of something and they don't immediately want to Google it. Like I'm, I I have to know things. I love to know stuff. And so I think that's just a habit. That's a habit I picked up from one of my friends. I was hanging out with him and every single question we had, he was just like, oh, well, it's just find out. And he's just Googling it. And this was, I don't know, this was like 15 years ago. And ever since then, I've always kind of had that habit where I'm like, well, why not just find out? So if you're, if you're struggling to build up to the people,
0: which you should definitely practice that also, but maybe try to just be curious about things, you know, it could be anything. I think that why I focus on the people is because I believe that we all need other people to help us expand our growth and expand our opportunities personally and professionally. There's not one person in the world that doesn't, rec- doesn't have the, everyone has to rely on somebody mm. at some point. And like, nobody is a success by themselves. I don't believe that to be even, I think that's a total myth. I think everyone is self-made, but you need to have a real supportive group of people. We talk about the boulder Bold director yeah, all the time, but I am even talking about even besides that. Um, and I think, like I said, I think that I, I think even to have a rich life and I like, this is my big thing is that you need to have really strong interpersonal relationships and that's, you build that through talking and being with other people, learning about other people, like, you know, you know, there's something like, and again, like, I'm not saying everyone has to be amazing at it. Most people probably aren't that interested in other people and I might be more of the anomaly but I think if you can just, you know, even elevate on that just a little bit, it would be very surprising of how fulfilling it can be and how it can really benefit you on lots of different areas of your life, not just mm-hmm. on your professional, but also on your personal. And if you are someone who's also not great at it, getting better at that, uh, is something that you can work on because we all want to be able to grow and get better and live a richer life it's hard to make friends
1: as adults. So I think when you have those opportunities,
0: you have to take them. And it's true.
1: It doesn't bring you, it brings me so much joy. Like, I I don't know. I love it. I find it's the gym is a hard place for me to make friends because I'm so focused on my workout, but I do try and make an effort there where I'm like, all right, let's just talk to one more person today. You know, let's just, you know.
0: Yeah. Or also I think we can even break it down to like, you don't have to like, think about it. Just like, putting your best, like being friendly and smiling. Like if you just smile and make eye contact with someone, it's amazing the difference in like just body language and how people respond to you. I'm going to give you an example. Like my husband wears this baseball cap that says, and it's just someone gave it to him and it says, stay positive on it. And I can't tell you how many conversation openers and Mm. uh, people he's met because he has this set like this thing that says stay positive on on his baseball cap and he's always smiling. And he's met like some of the most extraordinary people by just like presenting himself in that happy, positive light, even if like, to me, it's like just having like the energy that you exude. That's why I think even like that's, I guess that's also the curiosity piece. Like when you're interested, you're interesting Mm. And when you're smiling and you're making eye contact, it's like it all kind of works and weaves together. And I think it just makes for uh, just, it just really helps with your like building and, and really kind of creating a richer life in every possible way.
1: Absolutely. Do do people come up to you for the Playboy stuff on your clothes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's only
0: making fun of me, by the way, because I've been wearing nothing but Playboy it's, sweatshirts. No, but, but not making fun. I actually love all the sweaters. They're really cute. They're they like are really they're cute. great clothes. And this is not an ad at <laughs> all. This is literally they've sent me a no, few but it things. Be. It should be an ad. Email us because I literally wear their stuff in almost every one of my solos because it's super comfortable. Not an ad, but one of my friends works there now, and he keeps on sending me nice stuff. So this is a shout out. Thanks, Alex. Oh, that's how you get it?
2: I thought, yes. Do you know uh, Alex? No, but yes. yes.
1: Hi, Alex. Um, I love your
0: sweaters. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And, um, but listen, it's free promo for them. What do they care, right?
1: It is, but I, I actually really like the point that you made about having like things that are conversation starters because that might be something that introverts could do too to help them is like just putting off, like exuding that energy, having a smile, whatever, but maybe having like a conversationy piece
0: that you're wearing, whether it's a slogan on your hat or like a breast, it's, uh, it's making, earrings, whatever it's, it is. It's What it is, is basically picking something that's like obvious yeah. and then pointing it out. Yeah, That's what it is. It's basically... When you are somebody who needs to harness your curiosity muscle, a great way to do that, a great strategy is picking something that's super obvious out and then making commentary on it. So if you're in the elevator or if you're at a party and you're standing beside somebody and you want to strike up a conversation and you want to connect with somebody, a great thing you can do is just pick something that's very obvious, like Wow, it's really cold in here. Or you know, what do you think? Or like, oh, you know, uh, th- the service is really slow. What do you think? <laughs> and then that's something that's arbitrary, and it's like it's not personally. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Inf- it doesn't. It doesn't cross any personal barrier. So it's it's super easy, and then you can kind of learn to get better by doing it that way. That's the way I say it. I I actually
1: always use the, when my service says SOS on the phone, that is my, I always will start a conversation when it says that no matter who's around me. If I, if my phone says SOS, I just, it's just the easiest thing to talk about. Cause you know, when you go somewhere and it says SOS at the top, instead of having service, no. Oh, it's like it's it's so dramatic. The phone will say S O S, and it's just such a dramatic like piece of information. But everybody around has S O S on their phone. I always will strike up
0: something about that. Do you know what's so? Int- what I was just gonna say when you just said that. This is why I like having a foil. You just made me think about something else. Also, when not when you don't have your phone with you, it's a really great way to strike up conversation and force yourself to be more curious than normal because you have nothing to distract you cuz Right away, automatically, what people do when they're in the—I keep on using the stupid elevator—but in an elevator or at a party or at an event or where like you don't know people or where you're uncomfortable, the first go-to is to scroll your phone, to scroll Instagram, to check out TikTok, to to basically rely on your piece of technology to to distract you and to entertain you. What if you didn't put that that thing into the into play? What if you turned off your phone or didn't bring your phone and you? oh my God, had to actually make conversation with somebody and you were forced into doing that. Do you know, like maybe that's another great strategy for uh, basically helping hone your curiosity, skill and muscle. Just leave your phone at home or turn it off. And then lo and behold, you're like forced and stuck to think about how am I going to, how do I survive? (laughs) How am I going to entertain myself? And then like talk to the person beside you.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. I I didn't have a phone for two years once, and I once I, yeah yeah it was, it was one period of my life. When, it was 2014 or 2016. That I went two years out of phone and only had to get one because I ended up getting a job at one point. And they were like, "Well, we can't keep calling your sister." They're like, we, <laughs> "I kept putting her number down for everything." And every time I would wait for someone, you know, when you like go meet up with someone, yeah. so I would coordinate on Facebook on the computer. I'd be like, "Come hey, meet you there," but then when I would get there, I wouldn't have a phone, so I would just be waiting for people, and it was so eye opening like all of that time that's usually spent on your phone while you're waiting for someone, I'm just sitting there, like I don't have a phone. So I was just sitting there and it was so weird, but it was such a unique experience and it, it changed the way I viewed
0: wait time. You know, if your friend goes to the bathroom or something, totally and you're at a restaurant. Right away, you, you pick up your phone what i i find this to be actually now i'm dating myself yet again cuz you're a baby but i will tell oh, you I something you meant like romantically like what like, i'm dating like, myself yeah, yeah i was yeah. like oh how nice Maybe, I, <laughs> I would probably have a great time uh, that's probably better than most of the dates i went on but anyway um what i was going to say is before all this we didn't have like what we have now right like even like in and t- like when i was when i was i don't know in the early in the early 2000s you know we did have phones Okay. Yeah, I'm did, not did like bedrock, <laughs> yeah. but we didn't have like <laughs> smartphones. And if we did, it was very rare and we barely, te- we started to maybe do a little bit of texting, but it wasn't that like, it wasn't that normal right? where, you know, I would usually just wait until I get home to call somebody or whatever it is. Right. But my life was so much more full in the sense that like, I, you know, I was very much more aware of my surroundings and cognizant of like what's where, where I am and who I'm talking to and Mm. personal relationships and socializing was so much more impactful and, and fulfilling, honestly, because now it's like, even when you go to a restaurant, like I see families all the time. They're all at a rest, they're all at a table and everyone's on their phone. Like nobody puts their phone down ever. And it's like, not only is it like a security blanket, but it's actually become like people's people's like personal BFF. It's really unbelievable to me. Scary. It, you did know? you have
1: pagers? Were you a pager person?
0: I mean we did have pagers, but I was like, listen, I'm not like 107. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm saying like well, technology moved fast. It, it does like, move you know, super it
1: fast. Like, like, it's true. I, I mean,
0: I had pagers. There was a point where the pagers were a no, part no, of no, my no. life. You know what I mean? There were pagers, <laughs> but it was still more like the pagers were still meant more for like doctors. Like doctors and, yeah. and like lawyers <laughs> yes, or whatever. But not but yes. But I remember like it was never something that was we were never, I would, I would never rely on it. It was never a security thing. And we got along just fine. Like mm. life still went on and probably even better than it is now. I just think we rely so much on our phones and so much on technology to socialize and just to like, to be distracted constantly. Like if I, I, it's like The whole thing is like a blessing and a curse, like all of this stuff, like all of the technology, all the platforms, all the social media, it's a, such a blessing and such a curse. But I do believe if I had to pick one or the other, I would think it's more of a curse than a blessing.
1: Interesting. Yeah. You know,
0: I do. I think that, like, it was one of the best things that happened uh, in terms of, like, you know, moving us along in the world, but also, but not on a personal level. I think maybe professionally. But now, like, mm-hmm. there's a robot and a computer to do people's jobs. There's a robot and computer to do people's personal stuff, too. You know what I mean? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just. Weird. How do you see
1: that? Because I know with the kids and stuff, you don't want them to be on the iPads and this kind of it's stuff. A How constant do you struggle? What's your
0: perspective of that? Like as a parent, do you it. notice
1: the difference when they are on their
0: screens yes. a lot. So, well, and any parent, every parent going to say the same thing. It's a constant battle and a fight every time, because what happens is the kids get so used to they 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 get so addicted to their iPads that when you try to take it away from them they freak out it's mm. always a fight it and their behavior is worse after they've been on the on the iPads for longer right but so in, in what in what way it's just like they're more they're more irritable mm. because it's like they, it's like it's like kind of like one of those things where you're an addict right and so what happens is when you're taking away that person's drug it's like they need a fix of it mm, that's what hooked. it feels like so like my kid loves video games and he's also a very active kid. But while what happened was that when, when COVID was here and he wasn't able to do a lot of stuff, he was on his iPad, unfortunately way more, cause I had to work and like just in general. Right. And it, it did change the neuroplasticity, I believe of the brain because you're becoming, you're, you become, I would hate to say lazy is the wrong word, but lethargic is the better word. Because you're, that's become your new normal, and it's easy to fall down that that bad path. So it becomes like a struggle, and if not, like you got to make a very conscious effort to get out of that and not allow that that to be what happens. So like every day, I'm like putting him in. He's got sports every day. Like I hate to, I'm not over. I don't want to over schedule hmm. my kids, but at the same time it becomes a real, it's a real thing. Like if they're not doing an activity because of where we are in the world today, the go-to is an iPad. The go-to is a screen and I am fighting it at every possible chance I get. And I'm sure if there's a parent listening to this, they the struggle is real and we everyone can commiserate and relate to this and it is so frustrating
1: yeah it seems like something that's universal with parents it right is now. it's totally universal do
0: kids their age have phones is that a thing well, my kid is 10. He just turned 10 like yesterday. And my other one is 7. Well, not Sydney is probably me too young, but
1: 10 I feel like people have them at that not age. Not my no? kid.
0: I'm not giving my kid a phone no, at no. 10. No. Obviously not Dylan, but do his friends? I don't know. I think maybe some are getting them, but I think that's it's crazy. Uh, that's just too young. Way yeah. too young because it's just it's already a problem. Why would they that why would I then it's like giving someone who has heroin a, <laughs> like a, a heroin addict, like giving a heroin addict some heroin to keep in his pocket just in case. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I will do I'll, I will do whatever I can to make sure that is prolonged is prolonged as yeah. long as possible for sure, yeah. I mean, you can always make an argument for safety reasons, but i I think that. I don't know man. I think in terms of like their well-being, socially, emotionally, it's the longer you can like hold it off, the better. Well, during- delayed gratification <laughs> is a, is a thing and yes. I'm a big believer in that with life and everything I do. So this is the same thing.
1: We if you missed that episode, the solo episode, you should listen to that one we spoke about delayed gratification. Did was, we? Yeah, we did. It was good.
0: We did. do did we talk about delayed? I was going to think do a I'm whole other. I was going to do a whole other solo. Well, on it, it was it was actually a small piece, so we could do another solo. I think we it. I yeah, think yeah. we touched on delayed yes, gratification yes. on one of the episodes. You're going to have to go check back which one because I do not remember. <laughs> but um, neither do I, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, but it's a real thing, and I think it is uh, something that should be another thing that should be harnessed and uh, and worked on as a skill. Wait, I have another question about this COVID stuff cuz okay, kids COVID <laughs> they, stuff. <laughs> no, because I'm
1: so curious about how kids survived during that time. Were they cuz they're so young, were they on Badly. Zoom classes? Yeah, they
0: were in Zoom classes.
1: How yeah. Does, but what were they like what were they doing on Zoom
0: classes? Uh Trying to learn, <laughs> <laughs> they're just so young. It just seems so it crazy. Was very, it, was, it is for a kid, like think about it. Cindy was like five. Yeah, Cindy was so <laughs> like, young. Can you imagine having a child who's four or five sitting on a computer it's for fine. hours? That's so it's weird. Abs- it's absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd. That's why there's so many kids now who are so far back where they should be because it's literally impossible. Yeah. And the reality is, parents have to work. I mean, that is what the reality is. I mean, unless you, are you know, you are very independently wealthy and you just have all the time in the world, people have to work. These are like real things in life. Yeah. It was really hard. It was, it was, it, it was a thing. And that's why now a lot of kids are in, a lot of them are in, um, uh, like, uh, Remedial school and stuff like that to what's kind your, of catch up. Like, I think more like to catch, like, res- I don't know what you call it. In Canada, we had like, it was called like a resource teacher, but like, oh. they have to like have like tutors to help them catch up. It's Got a thing. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's so like, crazy. They had a a a little, one of the houses next to us. It was so cute. Their
1: garage, they turned it into a little school and they had like three or four. I did that. Actually, there might have been more. There was like eight kids and they would come and they would all like take little walks around the block together oh. and like a little single file. It was so cute. And then they'd all go back
0: into the little classroom. It was like a little cl- They set up a classroom well, with a like desk. And stuff. I basically I, I started a pod at my house. Yes, yes. It was like a little school a pod. pod yeah. <laughs> it was like it was really adorable. We had like six little girls. <laughs> yeah. It so do cute. It. Because Sydney couldn't to your point, Sydney couldn't sit on the computer for hours no, and I was that's like crazy How? at that no. age. That's insane. So what I did was I got six girls who were in the same situation and I found somebody like a, like a teacher, a tutor who can help them for a few hours a day. That's great. And they took their homework and they like made it fun because to me, as I'm sure I talk about this in my book and everywhere else, the socialization aspect of school is critical mm. to your overall well-being too. And I didn't want her to be isolated, you know? So I found six kids and believe me, that was a full-time job in itself. We should do a whole podcast and maybe I will yeah. on on that because It is a very, it's a, it's very, um, it was very much like a full-time job. You actually had to do another full-time job. So it was like, if you're a working mom or a dad, and then you also had to like take care of that whole situation, it was a thing. It was a... And a very uh, stressful thing. Well, their, their classes are not
1: lectures either. Like lectures no. are good on Zoom, obviously. I mean, to a certain extent. St- high school still would be bad, you know, because you're missing out a lot of the experience. But your classes are more lecture appropriate than like a four-year-old's class. A four-year-old's, class a
0: four-year-old's not sitting in a classroom have, getting a lecture, you know what no, I mean? No, no, no. It was silly. It was really ridiculous. I don't even know. Like the whole thing was like absurd. It really was. But like I said, luckily Sydney had a pod And then, um, so we, everyone came to my house, which was great for my work, (laughs) you know, wonderful, (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Um, but Dylan, I couldn't find, uh, for my older one, I couldn't find a pod for him. It was very difficult. Yeah. It was very difficult because there were, it just, I couldn't, it was like, there wasn't enough kids that wanted to do it. And this one wanted that. And some parents were really cautious. Other parents were, I, I don't know. It just didn't work, but that's it.
1: Well, it's a good thing that kids are curious.
0: Yeah, which looks back into the top of <laughs> yeah. this episode. I know. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like a little, little seg- segue yes. like to <laughs> circle back. You could I, maybe you fast forward it. I don't know, but like basically, uh, we said we set our piece with a curiosity. But um, if you uh, are not curious, I would suggest very heavily suggest trying to get better with it. By again, you don't have to be a ten out of ten. But if you're a two or a one, try to get to a four or five out of 10. It will open your world, open your life, open your opportunities up by a landslide. And like I said, do it by just doing, starting small. Everything in life is baby steps. It's one little bold move at a time. So let me know how it goes. Leave me a comment. And if you have yet not subscribed to this podcast, I highly suggest that you do. And, and discuss this in the Facebook group. Oh, yes. Which you can
1: join by a link in the description. And you can also find the secret to getting anything you want in life by signing up to Jen's mailing list, which is also in the description below. You heard it here first, guys. And buy
0: book. What are
2: you doing? Yeah. <laughs> My God. Come
0: on. <laughs> All right, guys.
2: Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media